Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. Welcome to Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Every Thursday, I'm joined on Air Talk by professional TV critics to review and discuss the newest cable TV, broadcast, and streaming series. With so much content available, we know it's hard to pick something to watch, and we're here to help. All right, let's meet this week's critics. With me today for our TV talk are critics Dominic Patton, senior editor at Deadline, and Marcus Jones, awards editor for TV and film at IndieWire. Marcus and Dominic, great to have you with us. Dominic, please uh, to start us off with The Crown. Part two of the season six is uh, out now and streaming on Netflix. What do you think of this series, which is, has uh, come up against some uh, strong critical headwinds? Well, I will say this, Larry, if you're looking for the historical truth of the royal family of Great Britain, the crown might not be the place to go. This is the final episodes of the final season, which debuted this morning around midnight on the streaming service. Um, It takes us up to about 2003, which is really quite the leap from where we started. A lot of blasts from the past, and I would say if you found some of the ghostly elements of the previous ep- uh, episodes of this last season that debuted just over a month ago, a little cloying and annoying, you might find this to be the case here. This is the royal family going into the 21st century with all the players that we know, Prince William, Prince Harry, Kate, uh, now Queen Camilla, now King Charles, and of course Elizabeth herself, who at this point is contemplating at the age of 80 her own reign and her own mortality. Lots of historical inaccuracies, lots of flights of fancy, but if you are into, as they say, the upstairs, downstairs of British, British-based drama and the, the aristocracy, Crown fans are going to love this. If you want something more, you might not be your cup of tea. I was going to say, you're you're being much kinder than many critics. The Guardian uh, saying this is so bad, it's an out-of-body experience. Critics have kind of been competing for, for how much they could trash the Crown's final well, I season. Was, I mean, Larry, I think if you recall, when I was on, we talked about the first episodes of this final season. I was pretty bad on it. I pretty yeah, you were. It. You, know, you were top there's, but I will but I will say this is that famous expression trash always takes itself out. I mean look, what the crown has become in its last few seasons, especially with the introduction of Diana, of course, who whose death was de- dealt with in the previous episodes of this final season, you know, look, it, it it's it's drama, it's television, it's 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 history told on a streaming service at nine o'clock in the morning. You're not going to expect it to be real. You're going to expect <laughs> yeah. it to be inner dialogues. And inner dialogues, authors like Peter Morgan can do anything they like with. We saw it with the Queen, in fact, uh, the film that, in fact, got him into this royal business. So if you're, you know, yeah. you're getting what you paid for, so to speak. Yeah, I, I love the Queen, Helen Mirren, of course, with a fantastic performance. Yeah. The Crown, uh, its final episodes are out as of right now on Netflix. Peter Morgan, the creator of this series. 
Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen uh, is on Netflix and Crunchyroll, the second season of the Japanese animated adventure series created by uh, J.J. Akutami. Uh, Marcus, what do you think about Jujutsu Kaisen? You did a pretty good job there. I think it's Gege. That was the only one. Oh, Gege. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just but... read the pronouncer they give me. So I... <laughs> no, I struggled myself with all of that. And I struggled to kind of explain this show. It's, um, it, at times, when I, I watched season one, it kind of came to America a while ago, probably around 2020 when people were catching up during the pandemic. But it's definitely had a resurgence now that we finally got in season two. And you're seeing just in general that audiences are kind of flocking to uh, Japanese content. The box office was topped by uh, Godzilla and uh, Miyazaki movie this weekend. Um, but the cool thing about this show, and it's just as popular in Japan, is that it has a bit of a like Harry Potter element to it where this kind of normal high school kid with kind of abnormal skills he's very strong very fast etc uh kind of ends up weirdly swallowing like a demon finger uh but it kind of opens up this world where he can now see curses and he has to go to a special school and they're kind of like exercising demons and it's a whole complex system to how curses work and how they have each uh, have battle styles and all that. So it's a great kind of action, a lot of lore to it. And so that's, I think, why people really flock to the show. 21 of the 23 episodes are out now. The next one uh, is out uh, next Thursday. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen in its second season streaming on Netflix and on the Crunchyroll streaming service, which focuses on Japanese animation. Reacher is in its second season on Amazon Prime Video, created by Nick Santora. It stars Alan Richson and Sarinda Swan. Dominic, what do you think of Reacher? Reacher season one proved to be one of the biggest hits that Amazon has ever had. Now, that should be a bit of a no-brainer. It comes from the Amazon tradition of an adaptation from books, the Reacher series, which I believe is now 26 novels by Lee Charles. If you don't know the story, it's about a man named Reacher who is literally a giant of a man, an, ex, an ex-military guy, doesn't say a lot, does a lot. The books were adapted for a movie starring Tom Cruise, which got a lot, a lot of mocking, just based on Tom Cruise's height and the idea of Reacher, who is a giant, as I said, of a man. This, the first season got bogged down a little bit, giving you a lot of backstory, setting up who this person was and his sort of travels with, with uh, traveling as light as possible through the back backyards, back streets, and even the prisons of America. Season two, season two just kicks off. It kicks off strong with reuniting Reacher with some of the team from the season one that he became friends with, but also with his military unit as one of their members is killed off. A couple of members are killed off, actually, and they pursue to find out what happened. It is nothing but full-fledged fun. The violence is intense. I'm not going to ever pretend otherwise, but it is perfect. And the lead actor is just, I mean, besides the fact his name starts with R, like, like the character he plays, he is simply magnificent as this. It's talking about someone who is literally born to play a role. Reacher's just fun. And there's a little bit of romance. There's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of action. 
but there's a lot of heart to this series. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Lee Child books have always been so popular is because of that is this is a man of few words, but a lot of deep emotions. I say to you, watch it. It debuts tomorrow on, on Prime Video. You'll have a weekend of fun going into the holidays watching it. And you'll probably end up picking up a book or two, which is exactly what Jeff Bezos wants you to do. (laughs) The second season of Reacher will have eight episodes, the first three of which premiere tomorrow. Uh, Reacher, again, created by Nick Santora, rated TVMA. Colin from Accounts is an Australian comedy starring Harriet Dyer and Patrick Brammel. Uh, The series is created by the two of them as well. Marcus, what do you think of Colin from Accounts? Yeah, so covering awards around this time is definitely overwhelming. And so I look for shows that feel like a breath of fresh air and that uh, can kind of calm me down. And I so love that Calm From Accounts. Uh, It was a hit in Australia last year, but it's kind of uh, just wrapped, kind of releasing its eight episodes on Paramount+. And it's really funny. It reminds me of kind of the... uh, rom-com shows that we were getting on fx fxx uh like you're the worst um that i really loved uh, around like say 2013 or so um and this couple that created and star in it patrick bromwell and harriet dyer uh they have such great chemistry and uh the dog is very cute uh <laughs> if you you got to watch the show to understand the title but once you do, it's immediately hooks you in like, oh, OK, I kind of love these uh, guys. Colin from Accounts, Zach the Dog co-stars with Harriet Dyer and Patrick Brammel, uh, who are married. They created uh, the series, though they play a couple of singles brought together uh, in the Australian comedy. All eight episodes are out and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, streaming on Disney+, Plus, the Action Adventure series. We've, of course, had film versions of it. The series created by Rick Reardon and Jonathan E. Steinberg. Dominic, what do you think of the series treatment here? Well, you know, it's, it's Percy Jackson is one of those properties that has never properly been dealt with. I guess in a way like when they did the Reacher movies with Tom Cruise. The, the two movies that were done, they aged the children, the, the main characters up. They, they just messed with it. And to be honest, lovers of the books just really kind of, they just didn't respond. They're going to respond to this series. This series, actually, it's a coming of age. It's a travel log. It's a buddy movie. It's a family movie. Oh, and by the way, the main character who's raised by a hardworking single mom, turns out that Zeus is his dad. And he has to return a thunderbolt to him. So you take with what you will in modern America with that. But there are so many touching and poignant moments in this. The episodes have uh, – the first couple of episodes will drop on Disney Plus soon. But stay for the whole thing because it really, really – it tells a good story. It's, it's, it's kind of like what, what, what Marcus was saying about Colin from Accounts, which is you just get on there for the ride and you enjoy it. you got to pay some attention. But you know what? That's what a good story is about. It's not always just broad strokes. Sometimes it's the details that matter the most. And in Percy Jackson, which, by the way, I have to say also, the special effects are great. And I, I do say that because of late, especially with people using AI more, more and more, I notice sometimes the effects look kind of lame, or you can certainly put it this way, you can see the strings. Not in this case. Watch Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Forget the movies. 
pretend they never existed. Okay. This is the debut of the books that people have loved. Starring Walter Scobell, Percy Jackson, and the Olympians, rated TVPG. The first two episodes uh, debut next Wednesday. There will be a total of eight episodes in the series streaming on Disney+. Plus. When we come back, we'll talk about a Christmas film that's been played on television for nearly 50 consecutive years, The Year Without a Santa Claus. It's a Rankin-Bass animated comedy. And we'll be talking about the legacy of the great actor Andre Brauer, who played two of TV's greatest cops, but those weren't the only roles. To his credit, he died at the age of 61 earlier this week. It's just been reported by the New York Times that the cause was lung cancer and he'd received the diagnosis a few months ago. We'll be back and talk about his legacy in just a minute. This is TV Talk from LAist 89.3. We'll be right back after this. Support for LAist comes from Will Gear Theatricum Botanicum, returning with a season of outdoor summer repertory theater on its scenic stage in the woods of Topanga with picnicking in the gardens before the show. A Midsummer Night's Dream is back along with The Winter's Tale, Wendy's Peter Pan, and Tartuffe Born Again set at a TV station in Baton Rouge. And for a contentious election year, Bernardo Cubria's The Hispanic, Latino, Latina, Latinx, Latin Vote. Tickets at theatricum.com. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis, or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, and you're listening to Air Talks TV Talk, a weekly review of the newest cable TV, broadcast, television, and streaming series. Let's get back to reviews. We continue our TV talk with our critics Marcus Jones of IndieWire and Dominic Patton of Deadline. Marcus, last week we heard from listeners their very favorite uh, television Christmas specials or holiday specials generally. And Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr.'s animated uh, stop motion um, series or films got a lot of of attention. Uh, You have one, The Year Without a Santa Claus, you want to talk about. What is it you, you particularly like about this 1974 production? Right. So I think Rankin and Bass definitely have covered the well-trodden territory of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman. That's the part that we're really familiar with. But what I like about Year About a Santa Claus is that it does feel like a really unique story in that it's this existential day where Santa Claus doesn't know if he needs to do his job anymore. And then all of a sudden we're introduced to more new characters, uh, for the Christmas season, like Heat Miser and Snow Miser that I think deserve more attention. I feel like if people are sick of uh, sort of holiday cheer, let's bring in some more uh, characters. Um, and so I really love in the music too that both the, the Miser brothers sing as well as the rendition of Blue Christmas. I think that it uh, doesn't just uh bring joy it really makes you think about what the holidays are about um and so 
yeah, I have this one on DVD and I happen to be home right now, so I may watch it after that this. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The Year Without a Santa Claus, it features the voices of of the terrific actor Shirley Booth, Mickey Rooney, Dick Sean. Uh, it's rated TV, PG, and AMC Network is going to be showing it over the weekend at various times. It's also available uh, on uh, on-demand basis, Amazon Prime Video, Vudu, Apple TV+, and Google Play, The Year Without a Christmas. Let's take this opportunity to hear the performance of Andre Brower as Detective Frank Pembleton in Homicide Life on the Street. We lost Brower earlier this week at the age of 61. She loves you, Frank. Let me get this straight. You're telling me about my wife? Is that it? Mary's gone. Libby's gone. I'm, I'm, I'm alone here in this empty house. What am, I, what am I supposed to do? Uh, 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 spend the rest of my life waiting for my family to come back? Come on, Frank. Frank. Who is that? Who, who, who exactly is this, this Frank Pimbleton? I used to be so sure. I, I used to be uh, your partner. Um, that was the good old days. I used to be Mary's husband, uh, Libby's father. I'm, I'm, I'm still Libby's father. But uh, sitting here right now, I'm none of those things. You've got your job. Being a homicide detective, that's who you are, Frank. You take some peace in that. I, I used to believe in my instincts, that as a detective I was infallible. I don't, I don't, I don't even believe that anymore. Marcus Jones, your thoughts about the loss of Brower and, and what his legacy, particularly in television series, has been. It's a real loss because it does feel like such an actor that was having such positive momentum. He's always someone that people talk about uh, wanting to see him in more things and wanting him to get more shine because really in every role, whether it's on Homicide or when he did comedy with Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Captain Raymond Holt, he's just the person where even if you don't see him, you know he's in the room. He just really captures people's attention. And I think, uh, yeah, it's a real loss. People really uh, loved this actor. You know, and he did films, but he's someone who he played so well in in a recurring character role where, you know, he could build on the character and, and really give you the depth of that character. And Dominic, you know, speak to your thoughts about Brower's career and, and why he was so particularly effective in his television roles. Well, I will say, Larry, I think Andre Brower, who is a man I, I adore, had the privilege of meeting several times, is one of the great talents to ever grace the American stage or screen. I mean, that's just undeniable. And I think he was also, when you learn a little bit about him as a person, he was also, as many of us do lament, why we didn't see him in more things and why he wasn't a bigger celebrity, et cetera, et cetera, because he's a man who decided to also put a big priority on his family and to find that balance that I guess so many of us lack in many ways. Look, Homicide taught me about what story and narrative was. You know, Tom Fontaine, David Simon, obviously behind the scenes, but it was Andre Brower, it was Frank in the box. 
as they said, whenever he did the interrogation scenes that just riveted. And I've never been a believer in this must see TV and that kind of stuff, but I never missed an episode of homicide when I was younger. I think as his career went on, we saw with Brooklyn nine, nine and many other things. Of course he was in glory with Denzel Washington, which is where he first got noticed on screen, a stage actor. I have to say, I mean, I loved him in that final season of the good fight where he came on board as a partner in the law firm uh, on, on the, the King's created series spinoff of The Good Wife, of course. Um, he was fantastic in everything. That was who he was. And was it his presence? Was it his dedication? I, I know that it was this for me, which is I would watch and sometimes rewatch. And and he was one of the first people who may, ever made me want to do that back in the day when it was on a VHS, I might add. Um, and you would listen to the way he spoke, the way he, he took a word and turned it into meaning. And that's something that many actors do and many actors don't do. Yeah. But the way Andre Brown did it is he made you feel like you knew what was under the words. As they say in music, the notes between the notes. And I think that that was his true genius. But Dominic, I'm, I'm so sorry. years old, too young. Oh, too young is indeed. Dominic Patton, senior editor at Deadline. Marcus Jones, awards editor for TV and film at IndieWire. Thank you both so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. The LAist Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com sweeps.